trying to picture a sly, filthy dog because you'd smell it from a while away, but it would be like sneaking around the corner, smelly. Wouldn't be too, yeah. I mean, unless it hid in like city dumps or like around the back of a Wendy's or something to where the smell wouldn't be so bad. Or, or hey, at a Jeff Dunham show. The amount Whoa. of stinkers he's dropping! <laughs> but seriously, he's a racist, probably. Johnny come lately. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Well, as I always say, it's better that Johnny come late than Johnny not come at all. Because I really why? want you to come, Jonathan, even why? if you are late. Why? Why would? I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're glad. Yeah. I, you're glad? Are well, you glad? Well, I mean, we're recording a bit late today. We might be uh, shorter than usual. Suck it up, gentlemen and ladies and friends. Deal with it. Get are, over it. They're so surprised. People are like, so you listen to Pontoid, right? And I'm like, no, of course not. I would never listen to that. <laughs> and they're like, what? Then why do you do it if you don't enjoy it? Like, enjoy listening? Um, because it's very easy. I just show up and you talk and I say some things back and Conrad does too. And it's a non, it's the least hard work ever. I wouldn't even call it work. Well, it's it's a little bit different, I think, to be like to go through the process of doing it as opposed to then listening to it later. And I certainly wouldn't want to listen to myself do this. That would be a lot of pain. And uh, I think it's, it's even it's yeah. it's only slightly more likely that I would listen to someone else do this. Uh, but participating in it, what the hell? Why not? That's yeah, yeah it's a non-event. It's like uh, eating food as opposed to cooking it. Listening to it would be like having to go through a mental process. That would be terrible. Oh, I feel so bad for our listeners. Yet they can continue to. <laughs> they still want to do it. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, I, want, I the, really wanted it. On the yeah, opposite side of the scale, yeah. I like mm-hmm. Phil Silvers watching Sergeant Bilko until the end of his days obsessively. Will go back and listen to my favorite bits. Oh yeah. To keep my mind sharp. <laughs> uh, well, so that I can, like a television executive, think that bit was good. Let's keep doing that until everybody's upset by it. It's working. It's a successful uh, formula. Yeah, indeed. And you, you do. I'm pretty sure that you are of most like mind with the Pod Toy listeners out of the current Pod Toy cast. Well. Possibly. They feel connected to you. Yeah, they feel a bit too connected to me. Well, sometimes. Yeah, I will, um, I'll tell you why. Ah? Why the, uh, that is it. Um, I I will need to find the email now. Oh. Yeah, I got an email at the weekend. Oh, here it is. It's from someone calling themselves Chrome Silver. Chrome Silver? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds tough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really you curious. You could say he's quite hard. Hey What? Okay. Here's a, the email is called Wonderful. It's called Wonderful. Chrome Silver. Jim, 
I just wanted to let you know that you are a great person. It starts off well enough. Mm-hmm. I've really found myself infatuated with you on so many levels. Every time I hear you or see you, I like you a little more. I would totally do all kinds of sex with you. Just in case you're in the mood for this kind of thing, I attached a picture of my day. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> and as I uh, blow this up to full image, <laughs> yeah, that's a penis. Like a human one? A human one held gripped well, that's at a, the... that's kind of comforting. At least it's a human penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gripped at the base of the shaft. Uh, How tight is the grip? I mean, is this a, like a real firm sort of grasping, or is he delicately clasping? It's 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 neither really. It's more of a kind of casual. Uh, here's my D. <laughs> I, I, I'm j- just propping it up a bit, you know, just to get it. Um, I, I'm assuming it's semi erect. But he's just giving it just that bit of weft to uh, make sure it's good for the camera. Um, you know, not a bad one as far as D's go. Well done. If this is indeed, you know, this fan sending in a D and he didn't just find one on Image Fap or something and thought, well, this will be fun. Uh, but. That's what I want my D to look like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's one of those, I'd assume it's like trying to weed out a fake screenshot. Like, is this such a great-looking screenshot that it's so too You know what, Drew? Yeah. You mm-hmm. should go on a search to try and verify the authenticity <laughs> of the D. I should! I, 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 I want to see its birth certificate. I want to make sure it was born in this country before I let it run for president. Leave no <laughs> gay porn site unturned. Hmm. In the name of justice and honesty, common human honesty, Conrad, I will scour like Sauron looking for his one ring. I will seek out the one day. Alternatively, if if this fella or anybody else wants to send a a D to me and have it be verified... You just need to get a, a small felt marker pen or something, and just write Jonathan Holmes' "Lovely Boy" along the, the like the the length of it, and that way I'll know that it's a genuine D. Um, but send another one un unspoiled, so I can have a really good look at it. But just so I know it is real, have one photo with Jonathan Holmes' "Lovely Boy" written along the side of the penis. I don't like that. Well, Why you don't have to look at it, Jonathan. This is just for my peace of mind. Why can't they write, uh, you know, heart, heart, Jim Sterling, LOL on it or something? Why does it have people writing my name on their penises, Jonathan? Yeah, me neither. I'm imagining, like, getting a tattoo. Like, they would, you know, <laughs> uh, name bombs in World War Two. You know, like like Little little Boy, I think, and, uh, you know, the, the nukes that they dropped. Yeah, that Little Man, man and, and Fat, fat Man, man and, and Little... Little Boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just imagining somebody tattooing their D, Jonathan Holmes' Lovely Boy. <laughs> That's sad. Oh, God. I am uh, un- unpleased. I suppose if the penis were tattooed while soft, then it would stretch into... And if it was tattooed while, um, while shrunk, while, what did they call it? Uh, flappy? What's Fla- it? Flaccid. Flaccid, not flappy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Flappy's accurate enough. Yeah, let's call him Flappy for now on. How's your Flappy? Let's ask. Yeah, how's Shut your Flappy, up. guys? Yeah. <laughs> Are you really asking, or was that just an example? Uh, I, it didn't occur to me to ask that as a genuine question, but since you, um, you know, let your narcissism peek through, <laughs> how is your Flappy, Jonathan? How's it feeling down there? It's, Good? It's, it's, it's summer. Yeah. It's summertime, and Flappy... Flappy, no play. Uh, Flappy, don't play that <laughs> role, you know? Get some talc down there. Get some powders. Probably should, man. You know, just keep it all breezy as, as much as you can. Easy breezy. Yeah. I, I, that reminds me of Stacy Nightmare. I want to recommend once again to Podnoid listeners who may not be following Stacy Nightmare on Twitter, you really should because her tweets about her genitalia and what happens to things – when she sits on them, uh, what state they're left in after she stands up. Really fun. Really fun reading. You guys should check it out. Stacy Nightmare. Pretty awesome. good stuff. Yeah. Good We've time. talked about her before, right? Stacey yes, Nightmare? yes. You've, yeah. Uh, yeah, she d- does interesting tweets. I've not really... I've seen a few, but interesting stuff. <laughs> Jonathan. So that's... We're, we're cracking on pretty damn well for someone who uh, came lately. I did. Jonathan. I was saving a man from going to jail. Right? Oh, you should have let him rot in the in the clink. No, he's all right. You he... should have said, "I got a record part time. It's sing sing for you." <laughs> it didn't feel right. He has so many lawyers. He has four lawyers, and I figured uh, that also meant he had four open court cases. But there's like sometimes uh, three to four cases per lawyer. So that was a lot more cases to juggle, and uh, many, so many cases. crimes. He's uh, he's continually doing crimes. Well, with... then surely jail's the best place for him. Well, maybe he didn't do it. Oh, I wasn't there. He didn't do it when there's three or four cases per lawyer. Yeah, probably it twelve. It is a bit. Yeah, he may bit, not have done there. any of them. It's it's all rumor, as far as I'm concerned. He may I'm... not have then. Speculation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Allegedly. even know anything. I'm just sitting here judging someone who I, I don't even know the basic facts. I just know how many lawyers there are. It's uh, a little suspicious, yeah, that he has that many, uh, I don't know how this happened, situations. You know, 12 of them. Uh, but it, it could is it all... legal for you to even bring this all up? Oh, sure. I haven't mentioned his name or anything. Oh, okay. That's, all right. I have no idea who he is, sure. He's yeah. a pretty cool guy. Is it Casey Jones? Casey Jones of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. That would be great. Has his vigilante oh. finally caught up to him or not? I've never... Uh, I've often tried to place the power ranking of Casey Jones in the great pantheon of comic book heroes, and I have no idea how tough he is. Could he, like... Do you think he could beat up Robin? He certainly couldn't beat up the Punisher. I don't think. Well, where do you guys stand on this? Casey Jones with a hockey stick. And a hockey mask and a baseball bat. Who's he as tough as superhero-wise? I mean, Punisher would be the the closest. Wouldn't he the, just? Yeah, but the Punisher would absolutely. Yeah, he'd be dead. It wouldn't even be a fight. Yeah, I mean, he would. Casey Jones would walk up to Punisher and trigger a claymore and die before he ever got within twenty feet, more or less. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so not powerful is what we're saying. I mean, it's I would more say crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, the clo- the closest definitely is the Punisher. They're in that badass normal category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if we declare Punisher well over and above Casey Jones, there's not many people he's going to beat up. I mean, I- what's the name of Bruce Wayne's kid? Maybe him. But Damian even then, Wayne? it's a strike. Yeah, Damian Wayne. Maybe Damian Wayne. If, At the age of six. Yeah. If Damian Wayne at the time is in his Damian Wayne persona and not as Robin. Just so he it. can't cut loose and the suit's chafing a bit. Mm. Um, otherwise, I think, you know, he'll go to town on Casey Jones's ass. I think he beheaded a guy, Damian Wayne. He's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a beat up bat girl. But that's a whole other kettle of fish. Jim. Yeah. You reviewed the Dynasty Warriors 8. It's. It's it's Lupo! That is what happens in that game. <laughs> They've made eight of those games. Oh, they haven't. They haven't? No, 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 no. No, they, they made, made like that. 60 of those yeah, games. They've made, yeah, that's just the, the number they've gotten to. Per number, there's about five. Romance <laughs> uh, of the 3,000 kingdoms, am I right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, come on now. Jesus, mm. guys. Fuck me. Forever. Um, yeah, Dynasty Warriors. I mean, every time a Dynasty Warriors comes out, then there's the Extreme Legends expansion and the Empire's expansion, and then there's Samurai Warriors, and then there's Warriors Orochi, and then there are other lesser-known ones. There's the uh, Gundam Warriors, and there's Fist of the North Star, and there's uh, um, uh, Warriors Legends of Troy, but we don't talk about that one. And One Piece was recently done, the, the One Piece Musou, so... All sorts of things. For people who don't know, what is it about this series that makes it different than other just walking around punching a guy series? Well, it's not really that different, but that's why it's unique in games at the moment, because there's no real other big main... as mainstream as Dynasty Warriors is, I guess, big mainstream brawler left. I mean, you know, it had a tiny resurgence on XBLA, you know, throughout the years with your uh, your Castle Crashes and your, um, you know, those kinds of beat-em-ups. Mm-hmm. But uh, n- not really. I mean, in, in, when it comes to on-the-shelf retail, larger-budget stuff, Dinosaurs is the only one, and, th- and that's what it is. I mean, it gets a lot of shit for being quote-unquote repetitive, which I disagree with if you actually play all the characters and go on any hard difficulties, please. But... You know, that's it's it's got that old school brawler feel to it. It's it's very much the the modern um, way of doing something like Golden Axe. You know, uh, it very I've I've often compared it to Golden Axe in that way. That's what it is. It's kind of the uh, an evolved version of three D space brawler, uh, hack and slash type thing. So yeah, I mean, there's not much difference in presentation between that and your. And then, like, other beat-em-up games, but that's the point. And that's one of the reasons why I like it, because I'm a big fan of, of brawling games. Do you think that's why it survived this long? Is that the rest of the competition has kind of fallen away, and it, it was better than the competition to begin with, but now that there's no other game in town, it uh, ends up dominating these other series, like you said, Fist of the North Star and Gundam. Those are relatively big franchises, especially in Japan. So for them to kind of be absorbed into the Dynasty Warriors world is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, um, 
one of the important things about uh, Dynasty Warriors' success, at least in Japan, is it's not only doing the whole beat-em-up brawler thing, but the period of history in the book it's based on the Romance of the Three Kingdoms thing is huge in uh, in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's They love that, the whole sort of Chinese history um, legend of the Three Kingdoms and the characters, your Guan Yus and your Juga Leons and whatnot. It's a... It's a big deal in Japan. They love um, those stories. It would be similar to say, you know, how we in the West are so familiar with Arthurian legend, mm. that kind of thing. Um, sure. Which also explains kind of why Dynasty Warriors is less popular here, because it it is a period of history that we are never really taught. So it's something we, if if we get interested in, it, would have to specifically research. You know, mm. I'd never heard of Romance of the Three Kingdoms until I played Dynasty Warriors, and then I sought out and read the whole book um total fucking slog to read but you know interesting and uh so so that's there's that and at least in why i've always kept up with it is because there are no there are no better alternatives uh, you know I, I tend to judge a game a lot based on how does this fit with the rest of the market that it's in uh how is there something doing better than this? Is there a new gold standard to be had that this isn't meeting? And when it comes to these types of games, there's nobody doing it better. Uh, mm. And there are companies that have tried. Sega tried it in uh, the early 2000s with um, Rome Total, uh, no Spartan, sorry, Spartan Total Warrior, which was its own take on the one versus a hundred tactical warfare beat 'em up slasher type game, and it was like utter shit it was awful uh capcom have tried with sengoku basara mm-hmm. um the first of which was called devil kings when it left japan and came westward and was awful because they took out half the characters from sengoku basara when it became devil kings and they rewrote the story and took all the japanese references out so that oda nobunaga terrifying warlord of, of Japanese history and, and familiar to most people who play video games was literally called Devil King and other characters were just like called things based on what they maybe looked like you know a guy called Red Minotaur because he was red and had horns just <laughs> utterly banal made no sense the best characters were shown only as uh as NPCs, basically, because they were playable, but for some reason Capcom in the West said, no, no, they will not be playable, and just kept them as NPCs. Uh, so that was awful. So oh, nothing uh. had really sort of been better than Dynasty Warriors. Recently, Sengoku Basra started, started to become more of a contender. Sengoku Basra 3 was pretty good. It was, mm. uh, It's pretty good. It's, it's that same sort of big maps, two sides on a battlefield hack-and-slash simplistic thing, but still not quite as good. There, there's still things with it that just don't quite have the charm and the the sense of pull that uh, Dynasty Warriors has, and that's why, for me, it's still at the top and why I, I'm still so favourable to it, because no one else is doing it, you know? This is the same reason why Nintendo gets a free pass on doing, quote-unquote, the same old thing a lot of the time, because who else is doing it better? Who else is doing it at all, you know? Um, That's why, you know, certain companies can do a lot of sequels for things because it's 
it's doing a lot of sequels in a genre or in an area that no one else is doing it in versus lots of people doing only a few sequels or one-off games in a genre or area that tons of people are doing stuff in. Either way, it's the same amount of shit. So, at least in the case of the sequel-y thing, people are refining it. Sure. You know? Um, and as I've had to explain to people this fucking week, I'm not against sequels at all. I think they're great. Um because I was questioning some developers as to whether or not a one-off game can exist anymore, whether you can have a game that has a beginning, middle, end, no sequels, that story's complete. Um, and people thought I was instantly using that to rag on sequels. No, I just want all sorts of different types of games, ones that do end well and then stay ended, and ones that, you know, have room to develop and progress. And mm-hmm. Well, didn't Ubisoft come out and say this week that... They won't put a game out unless it's going to be a sequel. Yeah, because I mean, they're children. <laughs> That's how a child thinks in its head. Tell um, me more. Yeah. This this extremist black or white all or nothing viewpoint, um, like a child that tells a funny joke and people laugh, and then the child just repeats itself and hopes for the same thing to happen. Um, putting the cart before the horse, making big plans without any evidence that what you've got could even become big enough to support the plans. It's the thought process of an infant. And I don't want to say too much more, because otherwise I would just be reading the script of next Monday's Junquisition. Uh, and I don't want to do that. But suffice to say, when Ubisoft says they won't even consider a game unless they can turn it into a massive franchise, I'm thinking children. Mm. Interesting. That's foreshadowing. And I want to know more. That'll be fun to watch. You talk about that some more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sengoku Basara? Is that how you say it? Sengoku Basara. I have read that in Japan, where they have events for that series, you know, like a Trekkie type event, just just for Sengoku Basara, uh, 90% of the event goers are women. Women love that series in Japan. It's like a girl game. Isn't that weird? That's cool. I didn't actually know that. Yes, it's true. That's interesting. uh, uh, Some people guess that it's because those guys are sexy. They are definitely high on the Bishonen scale. They are some pretty boys. They're pretty, but they've got muscle, and their hips are out as opposed to in. Which I guess yeah. is a sign of uh, penis confidence, I've been told. Flappy confidence, I mean. Flappy confidence. Yeah. And they flappy. are very angsty as well. Oh, it's are been they? that whole time saying, I will get you, Ieyasu! Ieyasu! <laughs> <laughs> That's more or less all of the dialogue from a, at least Ishida's campaign in uh, Sengoku Basara. Ieyasu! <laughs> I think it's that's a totally different thing I'm sorry not that different a little little similar for sure uh I've also heard the Yakuza series really turns on some ladies in Japan and uh there's a, a cute character in Yakuza I can't remember her name she is overweight and she's the assistant to one of the long-haired bad boy Yakuza's, and uh, she has a relationship with him that's bordering on romantic, and um, apparently that character has uh, 
inspired a lot of women to feel like they've got a chance with a hunky Yakuza with his uh, shirt partly open, exposed clavicle. And well, I am perfectly willing to be that hunky Yakuza. <laughs> I'm getting a tattoo of a snake going down one arm and up me ass, and I can wear a Brian May wig, and then I'll walk around with wraparound shades going, hey, I am the Yakuza now. And then all the ladies will say, he is a great Bishonen. <laughs> and I will, I will be his waifu, or whatever the, the words are that imply that I will be a handsome monkey dish. Well, last, well I'm trying to remember what it was last week, but you were going to play every character in something again. Oh, I think it might have been He-Man. Was that it? I did He-Man two weeks ago. You did it all, oh, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. You did a whole He-Man. I've been thinking a lot about the Transformers animated film and how up until and including the scene with uh, Starstream's coronation when Galatron shows up and um, kills him. You know yeah. that part? Oh, it's the greatest scene in, in the 21st, 20th century cinema, Jonathan. I would agree, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of scenes building up to that. I think everything with Unicron and Megatron uh, conversing is fantastic. So great to get a, uh, a TV cartoon voice actor and Orson Welles mm. kind of uh, giving it back and forth and, and keeping up with each other quite well, I think. Uh, but even better would be if you reenacted every... So, um, so iconic yeah. is that scene between mm. uh, Megatron and Unicron mm -hmm. is th the bit where Unicron is torturing Megatron and makes him accept his terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so iconic is that scene. It's only embedded in my psyche is that moment. Mm -hmm. But whenever I'm like signing up for accounts or things on the internet, and there's the tech, uh, the checkbox to accept terms of service. Mm -hmm. Every time I click it, I think, or if the house is empty, will say, "I accept your terms. I accept." Ah! I can uh, I can relate. Every time I get in an argument with someone on the internet who is harping on a small detail that I don't think is important and using it as evidence that everything I said is 100% wrong, you know, like, oh, that one, they reused those Bush graphics in, in Mario Brothers in the cloud. See how lazy Nintendo is or something like that. I will uh, – uh, they'll say, well, the point is they're lazy. And I will, in my Unicron voice, go, no, the point is you are a fool. The point is <laughs> you are a fool. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. I want you to reenact the whole thing with cardboard box armor. There um, have been times when I've done whole scenes of that film. Really? Uh, at one point, I was. At one point, I think I knew enough to be able to do the entire beginning of the film up until the death of Starscream, which. Uh, it's the point when, you know, it's perfectly acceptable to turn the film off. You just watch from the beginning all the way up to the death of Starscream and then just turn it off. And yeah, that's a film. It is. It's about 45 minutes. They might as well just... Have... Yeah. I'm, I've been trying to figure out. I know there's uh, research done, important research, to discover why the movie just turns into a different, much worse movie after that. Well, um, it's the, the first part of the film is basically clearing away the debris in in hasbro's mind mm. of, of all the older figures and then the 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 after starscream's death is basically just selling kids the new toys you know mm. springer mm -hmm. cup and wheelie and blur and hot rod and uh, galvatron and whatnot um, 
Rekgar. Rekgar, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Cyclonus. <laughs> but why does and his armada? That part's really good. That did make me want to buy those toys. Uh, the sweeps. <laughs> did they even sell the sweeps, or did they just sell Scourge? I will provide you with a new body and new troops to command. <laughs> those were some good troops and Sharktacons. I wanted those too. But why? Well, the the logic of the movie just completely changes. Like. Optimus Prime dies from liver damage or like robotic stab wound in the side. Uh, uh, but then later in the movie, uh, Ultra Magnus gets completely blown, like his head, his arms and legs, just blown apart. And they're like, oh, well, we got to collect the parts and uh, just put them together. And then he will show up and say, I'm sorry, I messed up, uh, which they do. So the, the life and death rules change after the 45 yeah. It's first well, the, the worst. Life yeah. and death rules are just thrown out the window at the very end. Because we get that really sad scene with Optimus. Get a whole movie without him. And then the narrator's just, Optimus Prime will return. <laughs> so keep buying the toys, you little pricks. <laughs> they, did, they didn't do that in the, the theater. They were, that was later for the, the home release. They were just like, and by the way, uh, which made me sad. Yeah. yeah, that was, I think, one of the first times I realized that these storytellers didn't care that much about their story oh, yeah, and were just kind of doing it. They, that, those first 45 minutes, though, I think those those were from the heart. I really think they meant that part. And then for some reason... So just well done, it. the first stuff. No one yeah. talks about the rest. They might talk about the Junkions and Eric Idle and the Weird Al. That bit. But no one talks about Ultra Magnus. No one cares about Rodimus Prime. <laughs> it's true. I uh, I doubt they'll be coming back for... Jeez, what Transformers movie are they on now? Four? Fourth, yeah. Did that come out already? or they? No. Just... Oh, okay. But that's probably soon. Next summer, I'd guess. Spunk on your biscuits. That's what it's going to be called. Transformers Spunk on your biscuits. Mm. Um, yeah, they actually... It was... You know, toys dictated the whole thing. That's why Starscream came back after the movie as a ghost, because the fig the, the the action figure was still so popular. Huh? They had like a couple of episodes with Starscream's ghost going around possessing people and stuff, which I like then that. made it into Beast Wars at one point. Starscream's ghost possessed like Waspinator or someone. Oh, I remember that was a big crossover. People are excited that the Generation 1 was getting acknowledged by Beast Wars, which was like, I can remember, Generation 5 or something, removed from the original. Yeah, those are the days. Transformers, back when it was a thing that I felt like, yeah, okay. These days, not. These yeah. Days not. Yeah. yeah. So, should we do questions already, because I started so late? Like, I mean, we can... Like, I can do a little bit more. You got any uh, things you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah? Yeah. I'm excited about that. I've got, for you, yeah. a couple. Because they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be... They're not going to be um, massively drawn out. I've got okay. a couple Gordon Ramsay TV pictures for your ass. Oh, great. Yeah. For me, specifically. Well, for everyone. Oh, okay, for us all. But, you know, you are often my creative director. I am? You know what's going wrong with them. Or why they're great. Oh, thank you. I will do my best to help. Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Dirties. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon Ramsay, celebrity TV chef. 
beloved connoisseur of food, goes to, rather than going to kitchen nightmares, goes to pretty good restaurants that are doing well. Mm, okay. But everybody's favourite bit of Kitchen Nightmares is when he's going around the kitchen saying how dirty and disgusting it is, pulling out old bits of food and going, oh, this is frozen, this peseta. That's money. Something else. Why did you give that to me, a dirty pig? Come on! I can't believe you served me this shit! Doing all that. Mm-hmm. That's the best bit. I was watching some uh, Kitchen Nightmares last night and I was like, why don't they just string together... Just all the scenes of him just trashing people's kitchens. And then I thought, trashing other people's kitchens, that's a good idea. So that's what he does. It's basically the best bit of Kitchen Nightmares, but more destructive and in successful restaurants. Gordon Ramsay just invites himself into the kitchen. He starts ordering food, eats the food. He looks at the camera and says, this is great. I'm going to put a stop to this. Gets out of his <laughs> chair, invites himself into the kitchen. Who's going to stop him? He's Gordon Ramsay and he's got a film crew. You know, they're starstruck at first. And he wanders around, just looks at the food. The food's being brought, like, passed across from the uh, cooking area to one of the waiters. He uh, gets the side of the plate roughly, then just lowers his head and just smushes his hair in the spaghetti. Just rubs his hair in the spaghetti, then stands up and looks at it and goes, That's disgusting! <laughs> There's hair in this spaghetti. I can't believe you're going to go out there and fucking serve it to people, you dirty pig. Holy mackerel. Come on, let's sort this out. He um, goes round to the kitchen, goes to the freezer area, pulls it open. At that point, in his pocket, he's pulling out like five-day-old handfuls of shrimp and shredded meat and just throwing it at the wall, like uncooked steak, and he's throwing it at the wall, and blood splatters just going up and down all the walls. He's got this fucking disgraceful in here! I can't believe you're running a restaurant instead of a piece of shit! It smells like shit! And then he gets all of the food that's all nicely arranged, grabs the boxes and pulls them down. He's just fucking trashing the place. Spitting in the deep fat fryer. Deep fat fryer, more like spit, spit, spit. <laughs> just blowing raspberries, just doing his, his tongue. <laughs> razzing everything. Like a steak comes past, picks it up. <laughs> Bacteria is in their mouth. Cook it again! Come on! At that point, he just stands there, looks the Mater D dead in the eye and pisses himself. And he just, pisses himself? He pisses himself and just says really quietly, there's a man pissing himself in this kitchen. How can you call yourself a restaurant? Come on! Come on, you filthy animal! Is this a restaurant or a monkey house? i finished pissing. I'm gonna shit now. And he pulls down his trousers and pulls down his pants and squats and then just is straining. Just, uh, why aren't you stopping me? Why aren't you stopping me from doing this? Do you want this to happen? Do you want shit all over your kitchen now? It's going to land in the piss and make a splash. Go on the scallops. Come on. Put a stop to this. Grow a spine. Show some backbone. Take charge of your own kitchen. Uh, uh. And at that point, you know, the Mater D, either having had enough or being goaded into taking action, does take some steps toward Gordon Ramsay, at which point he reaches into his white chef's uniform, pulls out two long stiletto needles, and just points them at the Mater D threateningly and just goes, ah, ah, 
Like a snake man? Yeah, but with these just long, stabby needles, these long stilettos. And every time someone goes near him, he just turns, like, wheels around and just thrusts the air in front of them with, the, with these two long needles, just going, yeah! Yeah! Oh, shit! You couldn't prevent it! You couldn't prevent this! Credits. <laughs> I'm picturing the music being from uh, the Divine Comedy. I don't know if you, not the the book, the uh, the guy. The band. I'm a big fan. Yeah, Casanova. You oh. know, how at the end, the music's like da 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 <laughs> da, da, da da da. It's like very, very, very pleasant. It's about as pleasant as it gets. That would be perfect end credits music for that. I think. There we go. What, what a nice idea. That? It would be a rating smash, to I say the least. That. Yes. Of course, Gordon Ramsay would be jailed and or uh, <laughs> career ended. But that one episode, the ratings would be amazing. <laughs> Through the roof, mate. Yeah. Had another simpler one. Oh, yeah? But in many ways, possibly better. Whoa. Gordon Ramsay's kitchen mispronunciations. Gordon Ramsay, again, invites himself without being asked into the kitchens of various restaurants and just corrects people on the way they're saying certain food items. Except, you know, wrongly. Just almost just a fuck with them. But he's he shows no inkling he finds this funny. And he's furious. So when someone says, um, you know, Table 34's ordered spaghetti, he just looks at the uh, waiter and just says, What? Spaghetti. What? Spaghetti. You know, long threads of pasta noodles. and It's Pescescums! Get it right! (laughs) And he's really, like, just pissed off. Because, you know, they're saying spaghetti instead of Pescescums. And, you know, the, the chef's asking where the steak is. And Gordon Ramsay, you know, they're trying to conduct business. And he's just barging his way in the middle of the chef and the uh, sous chef. What? Get out of the way, Gordon Ramsay. I'm trying to do... Don't tell me to get out of the way. 15 Michelin stars, you prick. Come on. And the chef's saying, I'm trying to get a steak. They've been waiting for 25 minutes. I need to finish the steak. The what? The steak. The what? The steak. You mean the steak? <laughs> the steak? S-T-A-M-K. It's not hard. Steak. Say it right. And he will, like, get right up in people's faces. Physically intimidating. Until, let's say, steak. At which point he gives them just this almost look of contempt for caving. Just this slight look of, of dissatisfaction that they gave up. Just a, ugh, just sneers a little and then glowers up. Finishes Big Mac that he brought with him. He brought a Big Mac with him to the restaurant? Yeah, and the way he's eating it implies he's doing it to be rude. <laughs> I'm picturing the pauses. I'm picturing the editing. Cutting over to just his face with his eyebrows slightly raised. As if he's, like, awaiting a challenge to what he's doing as he's just slowly chewing the Big Mac. Which is not a great hamburger. No. He's not even really enjoying it. It's a little gross. But he's like, huh? Yeah? 
Anything to say? Yeah. Well, that's a fine idea too, Jim. Scallops! <laughs> Scam pumps! <laughs> that one could last for a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, that he's one. got a, 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 a limitless supply of things he can do. He can go up to the bar and say, You're not serving them wine! It's pronounced Trinidad! Trinidad? Like the place? Yeah. Uh, what? what? That, the, the customers would come up and say, Yes, I'd like the uh, Chardonnay, the white wine, and then what? Gordon Ramsay yells at them too? The Chardonnay and the white wine! You mean the Chardon crumbs and the white Trinidad? <laughs> Go back be- and finish, you sclowns! I would love that. I, if I were a customer, I would eat yeah. that up. Those are the kinds of times I love in life. They're, they're all too rare. Um, I was at the the ice cream place last night getting ice cream, and there was a man just in front of me, like stretching his arms, his sweaty arms, and hopping up and down a little bit, and stretching his arms behind him really close to me over and over again, swinging them back really hard and going, mm, mm. <laughs> And his friend was like, "You want Jimmy's? You want Jimmy's? What do you, what do you want? On it? You want Jimmy's on it?" He's like, "No, Jimmy's. No, no, Jimmy's. No, no, yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy's, yeah, yeah." <laughs> He's just stretching his arms closer and closer to me, almost hitting me over and over again. And then with one arm, just checking the icons on his cell phone, his BlackBerry, just flipping them around while swinging the other arm back. Over and over again. And I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Those are the kind of uh, dining experiences I want to have. Because they uh, they stick with me. They amuse me. Give me they, something to think about. It's good stuff. Yeah. Indeed. Eat your bull sack pie. <laughs> That's, that, that creates a mental image for the, the, the person about to eat the food. It's not, not good. Not my fault. It's pronounced that way. Do you know what... Uh, I know it's spelled like chicken, but it's pronounced bullsack. <laughs> There's something, sweet meats or something, that are actually just glands. Oh, those are those are sweet breads. Sweet breads, yeah. Oh, it's so depressing. It's like the opposite of bullsack pie. <laughs> I think it's going to be good because it's, uh, it's a sweet bread, but it's not. It's um, somebody's glands. Just bullsack um, pie. I suddenly this morning had a uh, Willem Dafoe film pitch that I didn't feel good about at all. Awesome. Not good. Yeah, I have okay. one as well, actually. Oh, really? We could you do a double first? bill on this some. Sure. What? I bet yours is better, so we should end on it. Uh, I'll just do mine real quick. Uh, mine is called Ice Cream for Dinner, and it is kind of like, um, I don't know if you've seen Funny Games, I believe it's called where it's about a family that's uh, held hostage by some evil teenagers. I've seen it a dozen times on Netflix and keep meaning to watch it. The but original is good. Out. Yeah, it, it's, it's not too gory or anything. It's, it's before kind of the torture porn era where people really were getting bad with the effects and just yucky. Um, but it's uh, psychologically, it's pretty good. It's a little Suda 51-ish. The original one. Uh, I haven't seen the remake. I've heard the remake is good. It's by the same writer-director, so it didn't get um, kind of ran away with by somebody else. But anyway, it'll be funny games-ish. 
except no one's really kidnapped or tortured. It's just Willem Dafoe, uh, his wife, and his two children. And um, he announces, and he gets home from work, hey, everybody, good news. We're going to have ice cream for supper. And they're like, oh, I said, Dad, that's too special. We never get, oh, ha, ha, anything for my family. It sounds exactly like Harvey Feinstein. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I love it. That's all I can do. Uh, so uh, he sits them down. How do you like the ice cream, kids? And they're like, oh, it's delicious, Dad. Uh-huh. Gets his face real close to him. What do you like about it? Uh, well, it's sweet and it's creamy. Uh-huh. How creamy is it? Well, real creamy, Dad. It's ice cream. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. How full is your belly? <laughs> I'm surprised you like this one so far. Uh, oh, I'm getting pretty full. No, you're not. <laughs> Have another scoop. Starting to get, starting to get angry now. Uh, you know, and it goes on from there. They just get full of ice cream and they're really sick and sad. And he just thinks it's great. And that's my story. I'm going to end on it before I screw it up. Making it less good. That's so. a fantastic concept, though. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. What's your idea? Uh, mine's similar in terms of um, subject matter, in that it involves food. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually terrorizing my stepson with this concept. And he was getting really agitated. So I thought that's a good idea. Keep doing it. And then that evolved this idea, which is called Cinnamon Bun. Huh. I like it already. Cinnamon bun. Right. Cinnamon. Man bun. bun. Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser, <laughs> star of stage and screen and the unemployment office, goes to a bakery shop, a patisserie, if you will, and purchases a cinnamon bun. I, I'm Brendan Fraser, star of stage and screen. I've got 50 cents. What can I have for that? That's literally all I've got now. And the uh, baker played, of course, by uh, David Boreanaz, uh, a.k.a. Matt Borealis, a.k.a. Television's Angel, a.k.a. Bones, <laughs> says, um, why <laughs> all sorts of things can be bought at my whimsical patisserie. But just this cinnamon bun for that money. Well, I'm really hungry. I've not eaten in three days, so I'm going to have that. And he buys the cinnamon bun, takes it home. He's, like, really looking forward to eating this cinnamon bun. He has had nothing to eat. And, you know, he's over the moon as he goes on the public transportation to his... Calling it a house is generous. But he goes there to his dwelling to his sinkhole and goes inside and he's uh, just about to eat the bun. Puts his, just opens his mouth, raises it, and then he just hears a little voice, hey, hi there. Looks down, turns the cinnamon bun and the camera will see the cinnamon bun on its side and then it just turns. And then we see two eyes on the cinnamon bun open. And it's like a normal cinnamon bun that the eyes are like, Almost too realistic. Whoa. They look like like more than human eyes. Kind of like those sta- like how the staring eyes on the statue in Carrie was just this, you know, extra level of pronounced 
and vi- extra visible. They're just yeah. there. They just open with this kind of like crinkly pastry crack. Just and these two eyes open. And then a mouth just spreads from nothing, just spreads wide across the cinnamon bun and opens. And it's Willem Dafoe's mouth, clearly, like wide gap in the tooth, tongue running along the teeth, like that. And he just looks up at Brendan Fraser and says, hey, I know what you're thinking. You want to eat a delicious cinnamon bun. And I'll tell you what, I ain't getting in the way of that. Take a bite, big boy. And Brendan Fraser is like, but why would you tell me to eat you? Won't you die, cinnamon man? Just cinnamon is fine. It's catchier. But hey, no harm will come to me. I'm your special friend. Take a bite. Well... If I don't eat it, I can't say I'm the only man to have eaten a talking cinnamon bun. Please. Cinnamon bun. Cinnamon bun too, right? It takes a big old bite. And we see the camera just like a shot of the face on the bun. Closes its eyes and just this the most serene smile on its face as as Brendan Fraser's teeth tears into the side. Just... uh, He likes it? Loving it. Whoa. Oh, and he's eating it. And as he's eating it, just the cinnamon bun is just like really encouraging and just happy about this. Just, hey. Just constantly like interrupting him, but not in an aggressive way. Just, hey. Hey. I just want you to know you're doing a great job. Oh. Oh, hey. Come on now. Give it your all. <laughs> what what was it? I, I really. I'm having a tough time with it because I like Cinnamon Bun and I don't want him to be all gone. Uh, how's he going to get through this? Well, this is what happens. Mm. Um, you know, he manages, like, he's eating the eye, like, he bites into an eye and that bursts. Uh, uh. <laughs> Not in a gory way. It bursts in, like, a, a puff of cream, just like white glaze, sugary cream. Just, oh, that was an eye. <laughs> so the bun says, oh. That was an eye. Eye for an eye, eh, right? And then he eats until there's nothing left. And um, pats his belly. That was satisfying. I do feel bad about eating that cinnamon bun, though. He was he was real enabling of my behavior. And so progressive with the idea of being eaten. There won't be another like him on this earth feel bad for him now I will go to bed and so uh, Brendan Fraser goes to sleep um, wakes up in the morning feeling refreshed like better than he's ever felt the five years of beard has gone from his face he's looking a bit young again hair is neat rather than matted and grown out and full of you know dirt and debris Throws open the sheets. I feel fantastic today. I feel like I could even be in a new film. Gets a phone call. And there's uh, Hugo Weaving on the other end. Hey, Brandon Fraser. It's your old pal Hugo Weaving. We're going to do a brand new Matrix film. I'm reprising my role as Agent Smith. 
We need someone to play Keanu Reeves. He says he's not doing it anymore because it's babyish. Do you want to do it? You'll have five million dollars out of the bargain. Do I ever? I've always considered myself the young man's Keanu Reeves. And puts down the phone and says, This is brilliant! I must owe it all to the kindnesses of the Cinnamon Bun. Goes downstairs, skipping, really happy. Then just as he uh, heads out the door, he just says, Hey! Looks round. On the couch is a cinnamon bun. What? And its little eyes open. Ugh. Ugh. And a smile spreads across its face. Bet you didn't expect to see the bun you've eaten. Still here? No, I didn't. Well, that happened. <laughs> no explanation? <laughs> no. no. I know you probably want an explanation. Yeah. You probably want to know where I came from, why I have the degree of sapiency I have, and why you didn't poop me out. But I got a question for you. Mm. Who's hungry for cinnamon bun? I'm hungry for cinnamon bun! Come over here, big boy. Take a bite of bun. Alright, I'll do that. And he goes over and just bites into it. Ah, you're doing fantastic, kid. Why don't you eat some more? Okay, I will. Um, God, that second bite you took. Better than the first bite. You're getting real good at this. And then just as he's about to eat the last bite, you just hear him echoing down his throat. Just see you tomorrow. And, you know, he, uh, Brendan Fraser stars in The Matrix 4, Spaghetti Dinner, starring Hugo Weaving as Mr. Smith, and Brendan Fraser as Keanu Reeves. And it's a smash hit, he gets his five million dollars and then some, and every day, the cinnamon bun's on the couch, just, hey, hey, it's breakfast time, isn't it? You ain't gonna stand up your old pal, the cinnamon bun. Come on over here, you big lug. Take a bite of bun. Um, 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 tickle my raisins. And he does. He, he holds the bun with one hand and raises his other hand underneath the bun and just starts tickling it underneath. <laughs> I like being tickled while you eat me. Oh, uh, it's it's supportive, fatherly with um, prostitute John. Like you're doing this because it makes me feel erotically pleasured. You're mixing those two together with cinnamon bun, which is such. I'm a not saying. Did I say the cinnamon bun was erotic? It seems like it. Tickle my raisins, and you know, oh, you're oh. really good at this. It's got a prostitute John feel to prostitute it. Prostitute John. Prostitute John. You. No, I'm not. No, I, I, a man who hires a prostitute who is then... Oh, you mean prostitute slash John. Yes. I thought you meant prostitute John like Cotton Eye Joe or something. Oh, that would be good. Too. Oh, prostitute John, <laughs> prostitute John, what are you going to do when I go on? Oh, come on, come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? How much for a blow? <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting fact about yes. Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. The rednecks who 
to who weren't redneck at all, they were from Sweden, for a, for a start, mm-hmm. released a follow-up single called Pop and Old Oak. I don't know if I may have talked about this on Podside before. I think so, but yeah. uh, tell again. Why Do you want to know how... You've heard Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, yes. Cotton Eye Joe, Cotton Eye Joe. You know that song? Uh-huh. Do you want to know how Pop and Old Oak goes? The clues in the title. Pop and Old Oak, Pop and Old Oak. Same fucking song. And they released it as a single. The EA of popular music from Sweden masquerading as Southern Americans. Pop and Old Oak? Pop and Old Oak, Pop and Old Oak. <laughs> what does that mean, no, Pop and Old Oak? I have so, no idea. It's a tree, I guess. It pops. It is old. Yeah. Hmm. Well, good to know. It's uh, apparently Old Pop in an Oak. Ah, there we go. Old Pop in an Oak. Still... Don't know what that means. Oh, pop no, not oak, a clue. Pop and oak. <laughs> I need to come from. When it, it's different lyrics. Might as sure. well be the same. Where did you come from, old pop and an oak? <laughs> old pop in an oak. Yeah, yeah. Shameless rednecks have some dignity. Well, you know, they were enjoying the process. Eh, some people like just the same song again. It worked for. Uh, what was it? Aqua? Didn't they do the same song twice? Aqua? No, no. Dr. No? Jones and Barbie Girl were very different. Dr. Barbie Girl's all, um, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Laughing plastic. It's fantastic. And then Dr. Jones is all, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, paging Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, where are you? <laughs> very different. I didn't know Dr. Jones. Do not. Do not question the artistic integrity of Aqua. I'm sorry. Where are they now, Aqua? Where should they be now? I don't they should be. They're probably all dead. <laughs> uh, sadly. There was some song I was Come on, Bobby, let's go party. Come on, Bobby, let's go party. Wow, you did both parts very well. Yeah, I know how these things go. I could have been all of Aqua. You still could. I'm big enough to be all of Aqua. Oh, come on. (laughs) Deprecating humor. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Did someone say defecating humor? You did. Somebody just did an early pod tour. Somebody might as well have. Yeah. They want me to ask about, they want me to talk about defecating. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Pod toy question. That's the spirit. Ah, You you don't give them what they want. Whatever you do. Stop pleasing your that. fans, Jonathan. Jeez. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a Pontoid question or not, because I think it came in early. Psychedelic Gandalf asked one way earlier, and I can't find it in my Twitter feed anymore. But I think I can just do it by memory. I think he wanted to know what our favorite indie game of the year was so far and what our favorite soundtrack of the year was so far. Um, I don't know if you guys have any... Answers off the tip of your tongue. Oh, um, think a bit. Think on it a bit. Remember me for soundtrack is close. It's the first thing that jumps out at me. That had a really good soundtrack. Mm. Um, there was something else I I thought that had a fantastic soundtrack, but wasn't a very good game. I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, indie game. 
God, I mean, I've played a fair few, but I can't... I can't remember. I forget games as soon as I'm finished playing them. Yeah, and, and for me, the, the line is blurring. I'm not often thinking of a game like, oh, here's an indie game, or especially after E3 this year where at Sony's booth, there were so many games that I didn't know if they were published by Sony or where the money was coming from or how big or small the development team, like Hohokam, that's like the game that Conan O'Brien was talking about. Uh, but I think it was only made by those two guys, uh, Richie and Rick. I think so. So it's it's a it's a big blur. Yeah. Yeah. I like Shovel Knight a lot. I think that's an indie game. That's a, a load of fun. Shadowrun uh, Returns is coming soon. I'm very excited. I'm hopeful that that can be both great soundtrack and my favorite indie game this year. We'll see. That that I hope yeah. for that. Uh, is that an indie game? Sure. Okay. It's like a, I don't know, 12-man studio. They had a very successful Kickstarter, but, I mean, this is... It's not a big team or anything. They just happen to get a lot of money because the setting and, and game has a pretty fervent following, and it was marketed well. Sure, for sure. Uh, soundtrack, I love the Hotline Miami soundtrack a lot. Mm -hmm. like, uh, a lot of soundtracks, it's hard to say. Uh, and I can't figure out when anything came out. Uh, yeah. I'm the name, but I've already. Far Cry Three Blood Dragon had a really nice soundtrack. Yeah, didn't they use the end credits for Miami Connection in that? That's pretty neat. Bloodpool's soundtrack wasn't bad either, actually. Yeah, it was if all right. I'm calling correctly. Deadpool? Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I didn't find that to be like totally. They used licensed music very well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the questions all came in. Of course, Boy. they did. Yeah, we won't do too many because I was so late. It's my fault, listeners. It is your fault. So, so late. Keeping the guy out of jail, at least but for what now. what else is new? I mean, It's really. true. It's usually my fault. All signs point to Holmes oh. failed. He failed. Uh, Andrew Chabola, he asked the question before I think it was even uh, pitched to him. Are you ready for the Kevin Bacon Bacon family bacon diet? Does he? Does anyone know what he's talking about? Kevin I bacon, have no idea. Bacon? Yeah, an all-bacon diet. I like turkey bacon quite a bit. Uh, won't eat pork bacon because I took care of some pigs in a hotel room, and it feels like eating a dog. No. I saw you do that. Oh, yeah, you did. I did. Uh, I haven't watched that in ten years, so I have no idea what that's like. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Uh, okay. Thank you. It's uh, kind of cute, if I'm being totally oh. honest. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Whole well, thing, kind of sweet. Oh, well, that's good news. I'm glad it's not bad news to report on that. Uh, Eric Kelly, Eric RPG on Twitter, asks, "What do you think of all these fan-made Mega Man games?" Um, I think they're great. I think it's great that Capcom's letting them happen, and uh, despite the fact that it could be saturating the market, there's a lot of people saying after Mega Man Unlimited that they're officially done with old-school Mega Man graphics and design because it's so hard they're just kind of exhausted with it so if capcom were to come out with their own uh mega man 11 in the same style as mega man 10 at this point it would really fail uh, they've already beaten that horse to death themselves but now the fans have taken it even further uh that said a free well-made mega man game um i'm never gonna get sick of that very excited to play the mega man legends demake that uh kind of combines the mega man legends 3 gameplay that was seen in the unreleased demo with um, 
classic Mega Man style gaming. That'll be great. Demo's out. You just need to change your computer settings to Japanese, which I haven't done yet. But as soon as I get the chance, I'm going to play it. Excited about it. How about you guys? Any feelings about it? Or I hate them. <laughs> like, what, are you, what, are you, what are you supposed to say? That the worst is, well, it's kind of innocuous. I don't give a shit about them. Or, yeah, they're really cool. I mean, it's nothing to really be against where fan games are concerned because it's something you can choose to ignore. I'm not uh, sure we're not... legislate. Huh? Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're fine. When they're good, they're enjoyable. There's a lot of kind of, meh, I don't really care about it. As a Mega Man fan, even, you know, it's just, it, there's a certain quality standard I, I need, I think, from those kinds of games that Capcom isn't even capable of achieving a lot of the time, it seems. So, um, A for effort, but I, I don't really play them uh, sure. much, more than like a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that people have gotten upset about, at least with me, is when I've said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if uh, Capcom officially backed the Mega Man Legends 3 Demake and threw some money behind it and threw some marketing behind it like they did with uh, Mega Man uh, Cross Street Fighter uh, or Mega Street Fighter Cross Mega Man. And people have gotten pretty annoyed at that idea. Said, oh, no, no, we need to keep them separate. Capcom shouldn't be able to cash in on the fans' hard work. And I'm like, oh, well. But the- it's their license. They have every yeah. right to cash in. They could let them profit from it and then sue them and take all the money. Well, sure. Would and you it's prefer not- that alternative? <laughs> And there's no cash involved at all unless Capcom backs it and pays the people to make the game. But but I found that the yeah that I don't see I, yeah I don't see what the problem is with that at all. It seems a little stupid to get or at least short sighted to think no you got to keep these things entirely separate. Here you can get these people rewarded for making a great product, get them exposed, and get them making the kinds of games that you love. Yeah, and, or... and improving the game in the process from what but, I yeah yeah but. Yes. Capcom. <laughs> I think that might be the problem. Um, you know, whether you consider that grounded or not. Capcom. Well, that uh, they I think they did a fine job with uh, Street Fighter Cross Mega Man and they did, from all reports they did help the game to be a lot yeah. better. They can also do a fine job. Mm-hmm. Sucking my balls. I just Your feel flappy like they, pals? My flappy pals. <laughs> Well, you are you are speaking you you actually are speaking the argument that people have uh, said to me, which is you don't understand. I hate Capcom. The fans are taking back the characters that Capcom has ruined and uh, ignored or or downright destroyed, and we don't want Capcom to get any positive feedback from this or any positive positive. Then attention. don't make it at all. You're well, perpetuating the existence of their product by doing that. If you don't want them to get any benefit from them, don't make it. Make something wholly original that's yours. Which probably that's, looks that, better. Anyway. That's the logic of that's. I mean, that's the logical extension of what you're saying. If you don't want them to benefit from your hard work, make something that isn't theirs. Well, I guess they think they can make it theirs in a in a real you, way. No, no, you can't. You can't. You would you would need to buy it from them, and they're not selling. No, I, I, not that I've seen anyway. But, you know, people like to pretend. Uh, people want to pitch in some money to get the Metal Arms license off Activision, though. Mm. And do that. Yeah, there you go. You want to honor a, a, a franchise? Do one that, that they're not planning on profiting off of. Because I, I guarantee Capcom's planning to continue to profit from Mega Man for a very long time. 
Yeah, there might be an announcement. Uh, well, there's going to be some kind of announcement, whether it's of a game or not. Nobody knows yet. Uh, at San Diego Comic Con, from what I've read, anyway. So we might be hearing something about that kind of soon, maybe. Um, Tyler Weed. Oh, and he's bringing up something I meant to bring up myself. Uh, he wants to know how much we want a new Seaman game on 3DS because Nintendo has reportedly trademarked the names. Uh, I think I can pull the post up and quote it. No, I can't. It's something like Fish-Faced Man Friend and Fish-Faced Man Partner, which are two, two things they might call a game. And there was a report in the Nikkei newspaper, I think last year, that Nintendo was teaming up with Sega to revive a variety of different franchises, including Seaman. And people have... Uh, Too good to be true. Yeah, well, uh, and, and the it's creator... It's another uh, trick. <laughs> I know, I'm not getting my hopes up yet either, but uh, even the creator of Seaman has said for a while, oh yeah, we're working on something, and it was DS, he originally said he was working on. He has made a 3DS game, uh, so he knows what he's doing somewhat with that hardware. So it could happen, um, and to see two different tra- uh, trademarks, I was immediately thinking it would be a Wii U and a 3DS game that somehow interact with each other. Uh, one, uh, who knows, one I assume is just like the original game, the other one would probably be expanded on some level. Um, I hope it's true. I would freak out if it's true. I, I do think Nintendo's best path with the Wii U at this point is to get as many cheap, small cult favorites on the Wii U as they can to build uh, a bunch of people who buy the console as their secondary system uh, and eventually... I mean, that's what the PS2 was for me. The PS2 was like all the games that I wasn't that excited about but felt like I had to have because they were interesting and unlike things I'd ever played before. So I eventually buckled and got it. Before that, I the first couple of years, I was GameCube solely. Um, anyway, yeah, I hope that comes true. And I assume you guys do too. Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't fight Seaman being on the thing. I'd actually really like. Who doesn't you. love a little Seaman? Well, <laughs> what? There was too many. I, I felt like Jim was probably going through all of his responses, and there was too many to pick just one. His internal list of things to say about Seaman. Go big or go home. <laughs> That's just a general rule. Apropos of nothing. It's true. Oh, Ethan Beach wants to know, why no teenage Pokemon with Conrad? And he is right. Everyone, well, no Hamza either, but everyone else besides Hamza and Conrad, who's ever been on the recreated Podtoid, including Tara, Max, and uh, Eugen, have been on teenage Pokemon, but Conrad has not yet. And I needed to save something for a season three. Uh, I'd love to have Conrad on. And I've got a whole episode planned. I was uh, making it up this morning in the car and getting pretty excited about it, which is all Jim as Ditto um, having an advice show, kind of like a Gordon Ramsay show, but just like advice for your life. So people are coming in and saying, not getting along with my girlfriend, Jim has advice. Uh, you know, my, my uh, MMO team, my League of Legends team, they're not uh, pulling their own weight. They're slacking off. Jim has advice for them. Uh, a guy can't ride his bicycle. Jim has advice for them. And pretty excited. Hopefully, like that. That's the main reason I want to do a season three is just for that one episode because I think it would be good. 
And maybe Conrad can get in there. He can be one of the people asking advice, perhaps. That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, the answer to the question is, is that he's never asked. <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer. And that's and fine. It, and it's not out of lack of interest in you, Conrad. It's, uh, and, and that would be fine, too, though. Oh, it's not, though. You've got a distinguished, uh, convincing, realistic voice. Whereas most of the voices in Teenage Pokemon... I've, I've said for years Conrad yeah. should do radio. Like, proper grown-up radio. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, yeah. That would be... Actually, that was always a, a, like a kind of like growing up sort of a, an aspiration of mine was to do radio for whatever reason. You know, I just always thought I had the face for it. <laughs> well, it's not too late. You certainly have the dulcet tones for the job. Yeah, I don't even know how you get into that. Um, you're doing it, I think. Just saying, yeah, I'm on this podcast, and here's our Oh, number. yeah, because I'm going to have them listen to this. <laughs> on this yeah. episode, oh, yeah. Too. This has been Hello, XFM. The I best... would like a job. I have included Pontoid episode 267, Fuck Dumps Our Ass. Please <laughs> give me a job. Yeah. Oh. Well, at least he's the quiet one. <laughs> Well, I think this episode actually has been the one that if we were to say to people, yeah, I do a podcast, it's, uh, here's one you could listen to and not... Shit, Jim, fix it! <laughs> yeah, Jim's me. Pedophiles! <laughs> still, still okay. Mark Marin does that kind of thing, and he's a huge hit. Mainstream success. Uh, should I do more questions, though, or should I stop it? Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Follow your heart. Yeah? Yeah? Alright, uh, Dalton Helms wants to know, and I don't know if you guys have checked these out already, but there are trailers out for the Adventure Time and regular show games, the new ones coming out. The Adventure Time game is kind of a top-down dungeon crawler, multiplayer, and it's being directed, I believe, by Tom Hewlett, who uh, directed, or at least was a part of a lot of the Silent Hill games over at Konami. He left Konami for Way Forward, and this is the game he's heading up there. Um, the uh, regular show game is by Jeff Luke, I believe, and I'm not familiar with Jeff. He's going to be on Subhome sometime relatively soon. I know he was a chef for a while. He actually quit game development just to make spaghetti, or what do you call it again? Spagatska? Paskeskums. Yes, my mistake. Um, and he got called back into making games by way forward. He really dragged him back uh, because they thought he was such a great developer. So, so yeah, I'm interested in those games. I'm I'm sad that the, neither of them look like they got the amount of money that I was really hoping they would get for the uh, second round. They're being published by Namco. That's the problem. Is it Namco or is Namco? They're I fucking mean. cheap bastards. Yeah, they and I bet they have to pay bastards. for the license too. I assume, yeah. I assume you have to pay for the license on top of that. So, oftentimes there isn't money left over after you shell out for uh, a marketable license like that, and uh, the game suffers as a result. Yeah. Well, I mean, Namco itself—they're well known for. Their, uh, they will dick over. They will make their own products worse in the name of saving bucks. They will. It's I'm not even joking. They, you know, I hear. You know, why such and such an option wasn't in a game, why such and such is a problem in a game. Namco didn't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still bitter about their DLC technique on the Katamari sequels. Well, that too, yeah. Yeah, shocking. Shocking that they would just make you buy it all. They're the video game equivalent of Ebenezer Scrooge. 
just sit there, just a whole company, they've all got rocking chairs and hunched backs and stringy white hair. And they all, like, just have a pile, like a pile of coins, all one on top of the other in a massive column. And they're just counting them, just always moving one coin from one column to the next. And then at one point, you know, like a the office boy will come in on crutches and say, I've brought you a coffee, sir. And then it'll startle them and they'll knock the coins everywhere and then they'll go, you're fired, boy. And, and that's um, Namco. Yeah, hopefully they'll keep going. It's weird how long they've been around and how little they do that people really love these days. It, it's weird as an older man to see these companies slowly slip and fall from grace. If I think about what Namco used to be and what Sega used to be and well, even what Capcom used to be compared to what they are now. Because they're these thrifty, cheap bastards, Jonathan. <laughs> they probably I, don't even have an office. They probably work out of one of their employees' house. And they just, they didn't even clear it with the employee. Just all the executives knocked on the door and said, we're living here now, fuck off. You're still paying rent. I always Thrifty, miserly bastards. I always Skin flints, Jonathan. <laughs> is how I would describe them. Yes. Skin flints. That means that you have flint on your skin? It's, it's a saying. I, I don't understand that saying. I don't know where it comes from. Money on your skin and then it flints off a little bit or something? Like you're rubbing pennies on your pinky and it gets a little shiny after? Is that what happens? I'm just curious. Uh, but yes, I always assumed it was because the companies have changed so much over the years that the companies people working for them... changing. Oh. They're cheap, Jonathan. <laughs> Capcom in particular, somebody uh, was asking me, well, there has been a, a little bit of a brouhaha. I've annoyed a few Structoid readers, and I do apologize, uh, over Street Fighter because a new Street Fighter is coming out called Ultra Street Fighter 4, which adds five new characters, four of which are just from Street Fighter Cross Tekken. But one of them, one uh, interview, says it will be an all-new character who's never been in Street Fighter before. Uh, other interview doesn't specify, and on top of that, some leaked, sort of fake-looking screenshots, but it's hard to say, uh, of Street Fighter 3's uh, iconic kind of main character, Alex, has been leaked, which I think might be... I'm really 50-50 on whether they're legit or not. Uh, people have been really annoyed at me for even thinking maybe they're legit, because they feel very sure that they're not. And uh, they said, it's not going to be somebody from Street Fighter, Jonathan. Don't you get it? It's going to be someone else from a Capcom series, some other iconic character. And I'm like, who? Because I don't... What else do they have these days? What what icon in Capcom uh, lore? Mega Man. They're always pushing him. Well, they, they actually... The company's 100% behind Mega Man. Good. <laughs> it's his 25th anniversary. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... Full I think... support across the board. I think Capcom released a press release just yesterday, and all it said was, we love Mega Man, and think he's brilliant, and we'll do all of his games forever. Love Capcom. P.S. Mega Man. 
Uh, yeah, you never know. Maybe they're right. Maybe it'll, it'll be the little alien from Under the Skin. Oh, I love that guy. What's his name again? Like Glorp or something? It's really stupid. So yeah, it's really dumb. That game had. That's one of those games I was talking about with the PS2. I was like, uh, I need to get one. Under the Skin. Need to buy it. I give up. I'm sorry. And uh, Gregory Horror Show. I sure do want to get that. Mm. Um. That's hard to get, though. Shane Tripp just asked me specifically if there will ever be more Constructoid, which is nice of him to ask. Oh, I bloody hell, I remember that. That was a neat little show. Well, that's nice of you to say. No one watched it. It uh, <laughs> got worse views than, not quite as bad as Sundays with Sagat, but certainly worse than talking to women about video games and uh, maybe one-fiftieth, one-fiftieth, the views of uh, Teenage Pokemon? So much less. Um, I don't know. It's not marketable, I guess. The people who liked it, I'm, I'm very appreciative that they did. Uh, and I would try if animators just came to me and said, we'll work for free. We'll just animate your stuff instead of my own. Uh, I wouldn't say no. Absolutely. But but if I were to animate it myself, geez, the Bayonetta episode uh, it took me three weeks to do all the frames of animation and put them together so it was synced up properly. And it's not even good animation. Uh, it's far from anything I'd brag about. But, yeah, it took a lot of work. Sadly, and, and, uh, projects that tend to take the most effort yield the least returns Yeah, in this uh, business at the moment. Well, Podtoid is an example of that in some ways. It's easily the thing I try the least hard on. Hard on. And, <laughs> and it's the thing that a lot of people think is the only thing I do well. They're like, Teenage Pokemon sucks. Talking to women about video games, eh. Your reviews, oh, I got terrible taste in games. But that, when you get a little worried that someone might have anal sex with you, that's gold. <laughs> that. Every day. Oh, that Just, makes me are feel you, guilty. Are you, a little worried? are you a little worried about that? I'm not, but I, I uh, feel worried. Do I need moment. to step up my game? Uh, yeah, I, I, no. Yeah? No. <laughs> All right, no. I'll do that then. Um, looking forward to PAX. It's almost 8 o'clock Eastern time. You guys have gone way over. Yeah, I I'm, appreciate it. and this office is so hot. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up then, guys. What do you want to do? What, what did you do, Jim? Oh, well, there are many things I want to do, but... Oh. Things I did do are nowhere near as sensual. Still fun, though. Still good. Over on Destructoid, did a couple of things. There is, of course, what we mentioned earlier, my review of Dynasty Warriors 8. Mm. Um, interestingly enough, it is the highest score I've ever given a Dynasty Warriors game. I have never given a Dynasty Warriors game, I don't believe, above an 8. An eight. Um, I believe I gave a Warriors or Rage game an 8.5. But never a nine, which is what I did. Um, never. And this is my favourite series, and I've never given it above uh, anything, you know, above that. And the past few games have been pretty bad as well. You know, I've been giving out fives and things, which, I, you know, is never pleasant. But this was a real tour de force. Uh, so Dynasty Warriors 8, if you've never played it, the series, it's a good time to jump in on it, give it a go. And you don't need to really know anything, so it's good. Uh, also for Destructoid, I did a video, uh, um, I forget what the official title is, but I played a Razor Edge, Razor's tablet gaming PC thing, you know, you can play Skyrim on what is a tablet with a giant 
rig of controls set up to it. Uh, that was interesting. Um, the title on Destructor.com is called Playing Skyrim Darksiders and the Crisis on a Razor Edge. And we can watch that. It's 15 minutes of me just rambling shit and confirming why I don't do Let's Plays because I'm bad at them. Uh, so that's that's fun, though. Shows off the Razor Edge. Some people seem, you know, relatively interested. Over on EscapistMagazine.com, this week's Jimquisition is called Fun and Priorities. It is about predominantly Grand Theft Auto, but also on um, how some developers have been publicly and proudly placing audience appeal over audience pleasure. So that's a, an interesting topic, I thought. Um, yeah, not not as well viewed as I'd have hoped, but then there you go. I guess people just didn't find it that compelling. Um, also got Movie Defense Force coming up Thursday on The Escapist. This week we are reviewing... The, the Ed Furlong classic that is Brain Scan. Uh, beautiful tribute to the 90s is that film. And also, Jim and Yahtzee's rhyme... Well, Yahtzee and... I forget what it is. Jim and Yahtzee's, I guess, rhyme down spectacular uh, is called uh, Legacy of Rogues. Yahtzee did a poem about uh, Rogue Legacy. And I did a poem about Mill Tank. Because, okay. because I'm sick gone? of... Yes. I love that Pokemon. Because I'm sick of people every week. I do my best and people say, Yahtzee won, Yahtzee won, Jim, you suck. So that's what my poems are going to be from now on. Things like poems about eating Miltank's cheese and watching a porno with Miltank. Enjoy. <sighs> what did so you do horrible. this week, Conrad Zimmerman? Mm. Uh, well, there's a video review accompanying that Dynasty Warriors that actually people really dug that on the YouTube, so oh, that's dude. coming out. Yeah. Around the got... internet, people have been linking that above the text review. Like, I guess it was the first thing a lot of people saw in it. It's on koiwarriors.co.uk. Uh, it was picked up on NeoGAF and other forums. Yeah, popular. Yeah, cool. so that's that's gone over really well. Happy to see that. And uh, we're going to have an office chat, and I guess we're going to have to record it tomorrow because we're so late at this point. But uh, So that'll be up a little bit later in the week. Um, and then uh, Holmes's stuff that he's going to talk about, so that's up. So uh, I don't know if you knew that yet. My John. stuff? No, I didn't. Yeah, the, the Sub Holmes episode from this weekend, that's up. Why don't you tell them about that? Oh, sure. Well, uh, we also have a rerun past that, which is Michael Fraunhofer. His uh, rerun is up. What a great episode. He was such a nice guy. And I guess his mom watched it and cried tears of joy. That's oh, so that's so sweet. Yeah. He develops with his mom games about uh, a lot of stuff. Drug use, man-on-man uh, uh, -man coupling, things that a lot of people might be afraid to share with their parents, but not him. Him and his mom are unified on his game development ideas. And uh, that's a very nice episode. Very nice guy. Talented guy, too. Uh, really smart. Um, and then after that, Jules Watchem, uh, Renegade Kid, was on. He revealed exclusive news that I will post tonight, I suppose, that uh, Mutant Muds, his game for uh, iOS, 3DS, and Wii U, is now going to be coming to PS3 and PS Vita. He's developing there, which is exciting. Um, a lot of interesting things he talked about. A lot of little tidbits of information as he was developed them uh he was coming up with ideas for his games while we were talking about them and talking about how he'd implement them as well um oh i don't think he talked about that moon stuff on the actual show though so that's too bad uh i just spoiled that anyway 
he's got a lot of great things to say. That's on iTunes. That's on YouTube. Sup Home Street Run this Sunday on the live show on Twitch TV. We'll be having Matt Thorzen, who created Towerfall, which is the Ouya exclusive. Pretty much, people are calling the Ouya a Towerfall box because that's all people play on it. It is by far their best exclusive. He also made Give Up Robot and Give Up Robot 2 for Adult Swim games. Um, those did very well. He's got a really keen eye for design, and he's really passionate and neat guy. So that'll be fun this Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, at Thorson on Subholms. Um, also, please do watch the Teenage Pokemon uh, Season 2 finale featuring Jim Sterling. We gave him as much screen time as we could. You had more time than last time, I think, Jim. Did you watch it, Jim? Yeah. Yeah, well, I just linked it around all the social networks and whatnot. Oh, thank you. How'd you how'd you like how we edited you in? Did we edit you okay? Yeah, it was cool. You it sure? Stuff, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. It's hard, it was hard to follow up though because the Brony episode, which I because I didn't get around to actually watching a lot of the Teenage Pokemon until one big go, mm-hmm. um, and that Brony episode was so hard to top. Oh, you think so? Uh huh. Oh, that's nice of you to say. So uh, a lot of people think your episode is the best one, though, and that's nice, too. So, duh, yeah, watch all that. The The views for the show are not bad, but they aren't escalating at the rate I think Machinima was hoping. So if you want more of the show, you definitely should spread it around because right now – and I'm also not sure if I want to deal with how stressful it is to make it. I was, like, getting even more bald and sad under the stress uh well we'll see if we can make it a little bit less stressful i definitely want to do more for that episode with jim giving advice uh and that's it that's it that's all i did thank you thanks everyone oh that's it fuck we're done yeah sorry Um, but just before we close just a little round of applause for matt milligan on the podtoid facebook group who has a photo of himself staring blank faced into a camera while shoveling chicken into his mouth well done him (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Uh, That's it, though. Because we're going to have to see you next week, you sly, filthy dogs. Bye.